The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Welcome to the Betting Above the Rim podcast. Today's date is December 20th, and today's episode, we get into five topics. Number one, we look at the impact of Jalen Brunson, what he has done for the New York Knicks. Number two, at 14 and 13, is there concern right now in the Valley with the Phoenix Suns? Third, trouble in hot Atlanta. The Atlanta Hawks are under 500, and are they a disappointment? And what does Quinn Snyder have to do, or do they have to break it up? Fourth, we look at the dynamic duo of Kyrie and Luka. Can they be a Western Conference superpower? And then we look at the Miami Heat, one of the gold standards in the NBA. Is this the end of their title run if they don't make it to the finals and win it? Welcome again. This is December 20th. Let's get started with my hometown team and the New York Knicks. I'm going to go out and record now. I'm going to make a statement right now. Yes, I am wearing orange. I bleed orange and blue. Everybody knows that on the Sports Grid Network. Jalen Brunson may be the best free agent acquisition that the Knicks have made since Bernard King. Y'all know about Bernard King? Go look it up. But if you look at what this guy has done, Jalen Brunson, he has been absolutely fantastic for the New York Knicks, scoring at 25.6 points per game, 5.8 assists, shooting 48% from the floor, 46% from three, with some big 40-point games. And we can't forget about the 50-burger he dropped in the Valley of the Sun. And this guy has really changed the whole course of the New York Knicks. Folks, you got to remember this. For the longest time, the Knicks have tried to go out and get big-time free agents, and they've missed. They missed on LeBron a couple of times. They missed on KD. They missed on Kyrie. Everybody talks about New York. And let's be honest, folks, the New York doesn't have the glitz and glamour that it used to be, playing in, quote-unquote, Madison Square Garden, the mecca, the world's most famous arena, doesn't carry that much weight. And they've gone through a laundry list of coaches, some all-time greats, including people like Larry Brown, Lenny Wilkins, and obviously we know what the job of both Pat Riley and Jeff Van Gundy did in the 90s. They even had Don Nelson there. They've had Isaiah Thomas there. They've had Phil Jackson running their personnel. So it's been a long time coming for New York Knicks fans. But they're here now. And they're going to be a tough team. Why are they going to be a tough team? Because of Jalen Brunson. Why else? It's this guy, Tom Thibodeau, who demands so much respect and loyalty from his players. Now, so you got to realize something, folks. Tibbs has won before, but he's also flamed out. He was coaching here in Chicago that the league's best record. He was going in three years. He had one of the best seasons in the history of the Minnesota Timberwolves, and they went down 
So he so now he gets to New York. They have a rough year. They were great in 2021. They went south in 21-22. And then they get Jalen Brunson. And everything changed. They overachieved last year in people's thoughts. So coming into this year, could New York do it again? They have done it again. One, because of the play of Jalen Brunson. Two, because of Tom Thibodeau. But also the play of Julius Randle. See, I've been on Julius Randle's case since he's been a Nick. You know about it, right? Odd year, even year. Odd years, he's great. Even years, he's terrible. We're going into an even year in 2024. He got off to a slow start. But remember, folks, Julius Randle was not good at playoffs. He was hurt. He had an ankle injury. He's been dealing with the ankle injury to begin the season. So since the season has kind of kicked off, Julius Randle has been absolutely fantastic for the Knicks. Now, let's go to a guy that's got to be a little bit more consistent and a guy in R.J. Barrett. Now in his fifth year, he's got the money. Can R.J. be effective, right, as regards to a number three score, right? Catch and shoot three, slashing lefty. So he's done okay in spots. Now, they're missing the big man, Mitchell Robinson, who's out for eight to ten weeks with an injury. Let's see how they hold the fort. Remember, folks, Mitchell Robinson is the best offensive rebounder in the NBA, and he's one of the best rim protectors. But Mitch gets hurt a lot. So we have to see what happens with Mitchell Robinson as they, when he comes back. Right now, Isaiah Hartenstein is holding down the fort, one of the best backups in the, big, in the league. Jericho Sims is out one of two weeks. Look at Taj Gibson to get a little bit more time. So when you talk about New York, I want people to understand this. Okay, they are a superstar away, but it's got to be the right one. And I want to come on record and saying this, Donovan Mitchell is not a good fit with the Knicks. Why? You already have an undersized scoring point guard in Jalen Brunson. So now you're going to try and pick Jalen Brunson in the backcourt with Donovan Mitchell And that two small guard lineup, it's not going to work. You got to let Brunson be the guy. Now, you want to say superstar, that can mean a lot of different things. I'm going to go ahead and say this. If the Knicks can go get a legitimate 3 and D guy, a guy that can get you 17 to 20 points a night, like a stretch D and be a tough defender, something that Quentin Grimes has not done, particularly in the offensive end, then I would say that the Knicks could be on their way. Guys that I would look at, I would look at OG and Anobi. Absolutely. OG would be perfect in New York, playing with Randall, playing with, uh, obviously, Barrett, and playing with Jalen Brunson. I'll give you a sleeper guy. How about a player like a DeAndre Hunter out of Atlanta? We'll get to them in a little bit. But that 3 and D guy, if you don't want to break up the, the Barrett, Randall, Brunson core, you're not going to get the super, superstar, but you can get that player that's been really good in his league, and maybe he elevates his game to another level in New York. Kind of like what Jalen Brunson has done since he's been a New York Nick. Let's move on to the Valley of the Sun, where this team is really not playing that well, at a record of 14 and 13. 
Well, you're looking at this team and saying, well, I mean, they got Kevin Durant, who's giving you 31 points a game, shooting at 51.8% uh, from the floor, 46.7 from three. You got Devin Booker giving you 28 and eight uh, and shooting 48% from the floor. You got Bradley Beal giving you 14.7 and Yusuf Nurkic, which has been a really good trade for them, 12.1, 10.3, 3.9 assists per game. Really quick betting nugget. If you see Nurkic assist prop at three and a half and it's not a lot of juice, you got to go run to the window and take a chance. He'll get there more than, than not. He's a very skilled passing big man. So where's the problem with Phoenix? It's the same problem that Kevin Durant had in Brooklyn. They can't get all three guys in the lineup together. That hasn't happened. One game, folks, four minutes, Bradley Beal gets hurt. Now he's out for a couple of weeks. He's at the back. Booker's been out for a little bit. And Katie's been absolutely fantastic. So a Phoenix Suns team, that let's be honest, that is underachieved, is still being priced right now, today, I believe with the fourth best odds to win the NBA championship at eight to one. They are a believer in what this team can do. My issue with Phoenix is, are they going to get there? Are they Because they need all three of these guys to be healthy. They need Bradley Beal to come back in and be that third star. Don't have to give you 25 a night like he did in Washington. It's got to give you 17, 18 points. Got to get some assists. They need KD to be absolutely fantastic. And he's had one of the best years of his career so far. And they need Devin Booker to be Devin Booker. They also need Yusuf Nurkic to play really well. Nurkic has that history of injuries. They need Eric Gordon off the bench to give them time. They need Grayson Allen to knock down threes. They got a lot of like, if they do this, 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 and this, they're going to win themselves a championship. That's a problem, right? Can you look at me right now and tell me that they're better than Denver? Can you look at me today and tell me they're better than the Clippers, who may be the best team in, in the NBA right now? Can you tell me they're better and more connected, especially defensively, than Minnesota? You know, and depending on the matchup, if you got a guard that can score, they don't have a stopper. Look what Jalen Brunson did just last week with the 50-piece he gave him. So although Frank Vogel's got championship pedigree, Kevin Durant's got championship pedigree. Who else has championship pedigree on that team? And can you trust those three, or I would say four, to stay healthy all year? They may need to make a trade to fortify their bench. The problem is, what assets do they actually have left? Let's move on to Hot Atlanta with the Atlanta Hawks. Coming in today with a record of 11-15, and 15, and they have lost seven out of their last 10 games. See, when they, when they got rid of Nate McMillan, who I think is one of the more underrated coaches of this generation, when they got rid of Nate and they brought in Quinn Snyder, they automatically, people thought, well, here we go, here goes Atlanta. Well, what, is, what has Quinn Snyder done? I mean, in Utah, besides have Donovan Mitchell with them and Rudy Gobert. How, how much did they overachieve over his time there? So Quinn Snyder, who's been around the league for a long time, this team is sitting right now in 11th place in the Eastern Conference. And they got dudes. I mean, they got Trey Young getting you what he gets you. 
answering a double-double. They got DeJounte Murray, one of the premier uh, two-way guards in the NBA. They got Bogdanovich giving you 17 and a half points a game. They have DeAndre Hunter, who I think is the most underrated player on this team, and for some reason, he just can't get it. Jalen Johnson's been good until he got hurt. Sidney Bay's good off the bench. Clint Capella's been around for a long time. So what's wrong with Atlanta? I don't know if Murray and Trey Young work. And I've given it a chance. So when you're Atlanta and you're at 11 and 15 right now, and you're on the outside looking in, you got to cut. Here's the thing, folks. They already got rid of the coach. So the coach ain't going nowhere. Quinn Snyder just got there. So what are, what are you going to do when you're sitting right now at 11 and 15? Now, listen, do I think they're better in Toronto? Yes. Do I think they're better in Brooklyn? I don't know. I mean, Brooklyn's played really, really well. Are they better than Indiana? Are they better than Miami? Like, let's, we keep going. So if you get rid of the coach, and the coach is in his first full year, you're not firing Quinn Snyder. You've already traded off John Collins. So where do you go next? Do they try and trade a guy like Sadiq Bay and try to get like an A.J. Griffin a little bit more time? Try to get DeAndre Hunter going. Do you trade DeAndre Hunter, uh, who just got a new contract extension? So it'll be interesting to see what happens in Atlanta. But you got to look at them and say, they are a playing team? Folks, they're a playing team. If they get to the play-in, and honestly, they can maybe pass Toronto. The only way they pass the Nets, to be honest with you, is because of the schedule of them being in the Southeast and the Nets being in the Atlantic, and the Nets got to play, obviously, you know, Philadelphia, New York, Boston, uh, and Toronto. That is going to be the advantage, whereas a team – like Atlanta has to obviously go through teams like Charlotte and teams like Washington in their division. That's the only way that happens because Orlando's playing really well. And then we'll talk about Miami in a little bit, but keep an eye on Atlanta folks. It can be interesting. They could have to break this team up and you don't know if it's one of the guards or is it like a Sadiq Bay or a DeAndre Hunter, but change may have to come in Atlanta if they don't turn this season around. Let's move on to Dallas and the dynamic duo of Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving. You know, when this trade happened, I wasn't so sure about it at first. And, 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 and you know, doing betting above the room, the show with my good buddy, Kevin Walsh, he kind of talked me through it. And, and, and it made sense. Like these are two High-volume, high-impact scores. Last year, they struggled a little bit, right, down the stretch. Like, who's the Batman? Who's the Robin? Well, this year, Luke has been fantastic, giving you 32, basically 33-8-9. Kyrie's giving you, you know, 23-5, and five, close to his, you know, what Kyrie's done in the past, which is a 50-40-90. He's at 47.1% from the floor, 38 0.4% from three. So when you look at this team, can they be a title contender in the West? As great as Kyrie and Luka can be, to me, it's got to be 
everybody else. What are you going to get out of Grant Williams? We signed that good offer sheet. They had to leave, obviously, Boston, giving you 9.6 points per game, 42% from the floor, 40% from three. His field goal shooting percentage is down from his career. But he got the money to be a guy. I don't know if he's giving you what you need at 9.6 points per game. What about Tim Hardaway coming off the bench, coming, being coming or is one of the best six men in the league, giving you 17.3, 41, 36.6 from three. Timmy's had a great year. But Timmy has spells where he goes cold. And that could be a problem with that second unit when he has games when he goes off. He can give you the eight points and the, the loss that he had to Denver on Monday, or he can give you 25 when he gave you two days before at Portland, or the 10 he gave you versus Minnesota, or the 32 he gave you versus the Lakers. This is Tim Hardaway, folks, and this is what he's going to give you night in and night out. He, Although he's been great at times, he has had rough games, and you get worried about him in the playoffs. Uh, you can talk about the play of Derek Jones. has been a nice surprise, giving him about 9.8 points per game, uh, shooting the ball better from three at 35.5% for his career. See, to me, Dallas misses the ancillary guys, right? The Brunsons, uh, the, the Dimwitties, you know, Seth Curry's only giving you 4.5. He's giving you spots big in his career. So to me, it's the ancillary guys that's going to dictate what happens with this Dallas Mavericks team. Luka's going to be Luka, which is a top five player in the NBA. Kyrie's going to be Kyrie. When his head screwed on straight, he's a top 20 guy in the NBA. you got two top 20 guys. It's everybody else below the top two stars that's going to dictate whether they are a title contender or not. To me, in the West, there is at least, I would say, two to three. You got to say the Denver. You got to say, obviously, uh, you know, a team like Minnesota. And to me, the Clippers, there are three teams to me that are better than the Dallas Mavericks. And looking at the odds right here, as you can see, even the books don't think so because they have both. They have Denver, Phoenix, the Clippers, the Timberwolves, and the Lakers. All five of those teams ahead of Dallas. It'll be interesting to watch because the way Luca plays, you want to maximize his career. What does Dallas do at the deadline to try and address some of their their needs? Let's end with one of the gold standards. We've talked about one of the gold standards before in Golden State. Let's talk about the Miami Heat, which has been a proud franchise for a long time with what I think is the best coach in the NBA in Eric Spolstra. If you look at their history, right, over the last couple of years, right, 44 and 29 in 1920, 40 and 32 in 2021, 53 and 29 in 22, 23, 15 and 12 this year. So when you look at a team like Miami, and, and I'm sorry, Miami was 44 and 38 last year. Remember, folks, they had to work their way and they had to go into the playing tournament. So 
44 and 38 was their record and 22 and 23. That is obviously my error uh, there with that. So sorry about that. But when you look at Miami, is their window done if they don't win it this year? It's an interesting case to make, folks, because they have a combination of youth with guys like Tyler Hero, but they got guys like Jimmy Butler, who's been around the block, who's at age 34. Who? How many years is Jimmy Butler going to give you? So they're playing really well as of late, giving you 21.5 points per game, right? 22.8 in his last 10. So he's been playing better, got off to a little bit of a slow start, right? You can talk about the player, Bam Adebayo, who's been, I think, the best year of his career, uh, giving you 22.29.7. Where career averages of 15 and 8.5. Bam is playing himself at a possible all NBA season um, out of Kentucky at the age of 26. We know about Tyler Hero. You know, Tyler Hero was the subject of trades. They never wanted to trade him. Tyler Hero's been good, y'all. 23.1, but Tyler Hero's missed some time. He missed some time, just had his first game back, 25 points in a 112-108 loss that they had Monday night. So they got pieces, but they don't have enough. See, they fall into that New York Nick category, right, of Butler, Bam, Hero. You either got to get a number one guy that's better than all of them, or you got to get a guy that slides into them, that elevates the other three. They are in the same boat as the Knicks. I think they need a 3 and D guy. You could say that maybe you could use a power forward. So, listen, Pat Riley's as good as they've been in this league as an executor and as a coach. Spoh's as good as he's been for a long time. Best in the league right now, in my opinion. But you win with players. Miami, although they've gotten good contributions, added Josh Richardson. Jaime Hawkins has been a great, great rookie. Right now, third in the NBA in rookie year voting. And think about this, folks. Like, when Jaime Hawkins got drafted, people were like, why did he draft Jaime Hawkins? I remember on draft night with Ben Stevens and Kevin Walsh, and when that happened, we the three of us looked at each other and said, it's going to work out because that's what Miami does. But they need more guys. It'll be interesting to see what Miami does at the trade deadline. Remember Kyle Lowry's a free agent at the end of the year? You remember they were in the Dame sweepstakes? They wanted Dame? So what does Miami do coming down the pipe? Did they trade Lowry to upgrade the point guard spot, which would be a way to improve the team as well? Or to go with the power forward spot, bring Caleb Martin off the bench. It will be interesting to see what happens there. Thank you for listening to the Betting Above the Rim podcast for today's date of December the 20th. For all your information, please download the Sports Grid app, available on iOS and Android. This app gives you all the information you need for your sports betting or just sports in general. In-game, pre-game, post-game, picks, predictions, projections from the best in the sports industry and sports gambling. Next podcast, 
Ho, ho, ho! Christmas Day! And what are we going to do Christmas Day, folks? How about we line up all the contenders and Coach Young from my vantage point as the coach says, what does each team need to get their team over the hump? This has been the Betting Above the Rim podcast. Next episode, we'll see you on Christmas Day. Remember, folks, it's smarter to be on Sports Grid. Good night. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.